Podcast the Movie is an erotic trilogy by yours truly and his podcasting buddies. Set largely in our living rooms, it is the first installment in a trilogy that traces the deepening relationship between a college graduate, Alastair Duncan, and a young business magnate, Liam Alexander. It is notable for its explicitly erotic scenes featuring elements of sexual practices involving bondage, discipline, sadism, and masochism, or BDSM, for those in the know. You may have guessed... Maybe the biz. <laughs> Maybe you had guessed that that was the Wikipedia entry from Fifty Shades of Grey. Now I know what that movie's all about. I don't or that book. I don't feel like soon it, to I, be a movie. Soon, <laughs> soon, not soon enough, surely. All right. Yes, this is podcast the movie. Uh, your weekly dose of all things pop cultural. I am joined as always by my good pal Alastair Duncan. Hey, Don. I'm good, but who are you? Oh, yeah, I'm Mitchell Alexander. Hey, how you doing? Rob Newcomb is un- uh, regrettably not here today. You don't have anything to say about that? Nothing that I can say on the record. Okay. <laughs> we'll do off the record, but then I'll just put it in when you're not listening. And this is a bit of a family affair today, inadvertently, but we'll, we'll make yeah. it work. The, the, the next person we'll be introducing needs no introduction, but maybe Alistair can do it. Yep, I'm, I'm actually joined today by a very, very special guest, um, my mother, Liam Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fans. <laughs> we can arm wrestle about this later, Liam. <laughs> and here to my left, we have Mitch's indomitable older brother, Barbara Duncan. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she used to give me wedgies like it was no one's business. Oh. Well, now it's, I'm making it your business. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Look, on our fun-filled show this week, uh, first up in the news section, we're talking Emmy nominations, the tears, the jeers, and everything in between. Next up, rapper Pitbull. Is he a rapper? Is he a sunglass model? I don't really know. But find out what happens when, when he gets on the wrong side of the internet. And finally, as one US gaming journalist discovered, we're talking about how easy it can be to find yourself getting stung by a snarky tweet. Next up, we have AVNA, which you should all know by now, and we'll be totally offended if you don't. And finally, Alistair will be quizzing us on... On what? Who can say? Certainly not me. I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> he is literally typing it up as we speak. First up this week, we're talking something very serious and very, very meaningful. A contest whose outcomes can and have shaped the course of history. Gentle listeners, let's just get right down to it. The 2012 Emmy nominations are in. I'll give you a moment to, you know, catch your breath, take, st- take stock, and when we're all settled, we can try to discuss this in an adult manner. Is everyone... We alright? Yes. You're right. so. Do you... get real adult real quick. Yeah, <laughs> there's no air left in this Prejudices room. Prejudices will be aired. That's right. Feelings will be hurt. <laughs> Grievances <laughs> will be all over the yes. shop. Okay, some of our favourites have been nominated. For, exa- for example, Larry David scored a lead actor in a comedy series nomination for Curb Your Enthusiasm. Fantastic. While Robert Wide... Is it Wide or Weedy? Damn it. While Robert Weedy scored a nod as outstanding director for the Curb episode, Palestinian Chicken. Which, if you haven't seen it, your life is pretty much just give it up. That was such a good episode. I mean, for those who haven't seen it, basically there's a Palestinian chicken restaurant that opens up in L.A., Larry's Jewish friends are very against it, but he finds himself drawn to this sultry Palestinian woman who runs it, and it's kind of like a coming together of their two cultures. Yes. Also, and, the chicken um, is really good. Yeah, reportedly. <laughs> it's have you seen delicious. This no, and why have it's you? It's incredible. I'll, I'll show it to you. Thank you. I don't think I've seen a sex scene before with so many hard J's. <laughs> I actually interviewed Robert Weedy, the director, for another thing, but I brought this up with him, and he said it was one of the most awkward scenes he's ever had to direct. 
that sex scene with Larry David because he insisted on wearing a t-shirt and having a pillow <laughs> between him and this woman and it just made for an incredibly awkward I time. I think any Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> episode where Larry is in any sort of sexual, sexual liaison, I'm just like... We all feel ew. compromised. Don't we? Yeah, yeah, slightly dirty. Yeah. It's, rather, it's, it's almost, yeah, just rather think that, that it didn't happen. Uh, also, the nominations for Outstanding Drama Series featured... Some heavy hitters. Up for that prize, we have Boardwalk Empire, Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, Homeland, and Mad Men. Do we have a clear favourite from that list? Like, I think oh. Mad Men has won mm. every time since it started, or, or pretty close. Some some have mentioned, given that especially that Breaking Bad is, is not going to be around for too much longer. No. Um, you won't have Breaking Bad to kick around anymore. Exactly. <laughs> not that anyone does. This is, this is Nor the, should you, because they will kick back. The coming is the last series, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. It'll, it'll be spanned over two years. Like so the I Sopranos guess, was. They're yes. splitting it in half. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. they can get shafted this year and still get one last year. Like John Woods in the... What's those things that Australians people have? Oh. The, the Lokis? Yeah, <laughs> the Lokis yeah yes. right up there in the zeitgeist. Mm. But I think, yeah, it's a cracking list. Do we have a favourite from those ones? I'm going to go Mad Men. I mean, you know, they're all pretty pretty good shows, but Mad Men's just, I don't know, nothing can beat that show for me. I just love it. Uh, and the Emmys, of course, wouldn't be the Emmys without some notable snubs to cry over. Parks and Recreations was left off the nominations list for Outstanding Comedy Series. Ooh, yes. Yeah. But also newcomers, girls, and Veep were both in. Is it is it again time for some new blood? Because I think is it Modern Family that you know tentpole three heat comedy that just has trounced everyone for the last two or three years maybe. I think so. Yeah, that's I think that's on the list again, along with Big Bang Theory for some yeah. inexplicable reason. Look. I would have nominated this one with Steph, Stephen Mangan and uh, Matt LeBlanc episodes oh I haven't seen that yet oh it's funny it is silly but the English actors just give it that little something extra <laughs> well I'm boycotting this category altogether because of its its lack of always sunny in Philadelphia so <laughs> the New whatever, Yorker for whatever it. that's worth the New Yorker loves it always sunny yeah well that's good to know yes they love it <laughs> they're gonna have to invent a new category just for always sunny because I don't yeah. like they should have so best FX evil comedy. comedies. <laughs> yeah, most most yeah. painful comedy, and you could just take out Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, Always Sunny, maybe The League, and, I mean, like and Always all those Sunny, kind of cringe comedies. Archer, Wilfred, they, they just fight against each other. <laughs> yeah. It's like they really love secondhand car. You just can't resist buying. <laughs> Even though you know it's going to make you pay for it yes. in the long run. Yes. Yeah, but you can't help yourself. All right. Now, we do live in un unsettling times, but amidst all this great turmoil, the internet remains the rock to which we cling. What has the internet done this week as some sort of all-knowing collective? It has pulled together to send the rapper Pitbull where he belongs. We're still not sure about that rapper thing. We haven't checked it. To the farthest reaches of Alaska. Allow me to explain. A few weeks back, Pitbull teamed up with... Uh, Oh, really? Sheets brand energy strips <laughs> is the phrase that you're reaching for there. Yeah, it's not the one I was reaching for. I don't know what that Whatever is. Whatever that is. Yeah, an energy strip. I think it's better left up to the imagination. I'm just seeing, like, nicotine patches, but full of uh, ginseng. Yeah, I that's, guess that's, that's where that I That sounds pretty bad, <laughs> yeah. They asked Americans to vote for their favourite local Walmart. The grand prize, if you can call it that, would be an appearance by Pitbull at that Walmart. That just sounds horrible. The internet responded, and thanks to the Twitter hashtag #ExilePitbull, seemingly um, coordinated by the the gents from the Something Awful website. I'm yep. not sure about that. He is headed to Kodiak, Alaska. So I, I don't know who I have the more respect for. Like, is it the Something Awful guys for going to that much 
effort just to ruin Pitbull's day? Or is it Pitbull for, for actually... Because he's going to go through it. Well, I'm kind of sad that I like Pitbull more now for going along with this. I'm actually. equally sad that you <laughs> like him more for that. I why mean, why yeah. are we assuming that it, this is definitely the, uh, the work of the internet campaign? Maybe the people of uh, Kodiak, Alaska love the shit out of Pitbull. I think, no, like, the, the thing got, like, 20,000 votes. I think Kodiak probably has 14 well, people. They certainly love the shit out of, like, moose hunting. I, I read up on this particular Walmart. Apparently, it's it's way different from all other Walmarts in that most of its stock is, you know, Guns. hunting equipment and, and like, wait. blinds yes. and stuff like that yes, for hunting deer. Do you think I don't know, maybe you'll never see it. They, they walk on? I hope so. Yeah. But I'm still not completely clear. What does Pitbull do? What does Pitbull do? Well, we found out a few weeks ago that he has released seven albums. Good Lord. Yeah. He has his own TV show on cable that's about, like, I think, Latin American entertainment. And he was on a song with Jennifer Lopez. Was he? Yep. Kind of like <coughs> this generation's flow rider, I think. This generation flowrider, wouldn't that just be flowrider? <laughs> what, what I was doing generally. there is I was, I was making a joke. Oh, okay. I think what you're doing is overanalyzing that joke. <laughs> oh, to the effectively ruining it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right, okay. Now, presumably... Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, presumably, this is going to go ahead and it's going to be fantastic for the people in Kodiak, Alaska and Pitbull, giving these energy strip companies more reason to do it again so who given the chance would we like to send to alaska or another far off land i think we should send a vet who to take care of mr pitbull a vet. A vet. As oh, a I get. Veterinary. I thought you were like, like, like someone called a vet. Y v e double t. No, no, a veterinarian. I think he's beyond that. A man. I don't know. I'd send Katie Holmes there, so she can do a reality show, like starting over post Tom Cruise. Get her out there, you know. Get her to reconnect with America. Get her. Because that's what she needs to do. Yeah. yeah. Get her. Foot she back needs on to the get get yes. back in touch with yeah. the real Joe and Jane America. Yeah. And I think she could do that by like hunting moose. Could they call it Homes is where the heart is? Yes. <laughs> we need to pitch this. Yes, we do. Actually, that sounds more like yes. a campaign slogan. Katie, Katie Holmes, twenty twenty four for twenty sixteen. <laughs> Sasha and Malia Obama can run like yes. as a candidate if they combine their ages. <laughs> she can be their vice president. Or if they actually form into one yes. like Voltron I'd vote for that because it would be change we can believe in <laughs> and finally we all love sending the odd snarky tweets well most of us do although our Twitter feed at podcast the movie is entirely entirely above board and in fact one of the better ones you're likely to come across shameless plug shameless plug shameless plug but one music fan ha found out the hard way that the people you slag off on Twitter can sometimes be thin-skinned jerks in real life. Uh, US gaming journalist Mike Taylor recently attended a show by nerdcore rapper MC Chris, but was unimpressed by the opening act, Richie Branson. Taylor took to Twitter immediately, criticizing Branson's lyrics as lame and pandering. Well, word got back to Branson and headliner MC Chris, who had Taylor actually kicked out of the venue after he was silly enough to raise his hand and own up to the tweet. Like, who's in the who's in the right here? First of all, is there a person manning MC Chris's Twitter feed all day to to find out to find out if there has been disparaging tweets? I think MC Chris himself. I don't oh, right. know. I think this is all happening on a very small scale. You know, I don't think he's like a he's like a Jennifer Lopez. He's not like a medium like like three layers of handlers oh, between Stephen him and his Twitter. Oh god. Yeah, no, he actually does tweet himself, and I wish he wouldn't because he just never shuts up. <laughs> so yeah, this this basically what happened is this guy who was sort of dissed, which I think the kids say. I think he may have showed this tweet they don't anymore. to the headliner, MC Chris, or MC Chris may have just seen it, oh. and he got mad because you know the the support act was a buddy of his. 
So he got this journalist to raise his hand and admit, like, you know, he was the one who'd sent this disparaging tweet. Attention seeking. Yeah. Really? Well, and then sent him out of the venue. I That's know. Twitter. Who's attention seeking? Well, he was by sending this this tweet and then saying, I did it. But that's, 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 that's Twitter. Not really, that's just, he was bored, so he... What, what would it, he would have expected um, a negative reaction, wouldn't he, you'd think, if he said something that was derogatory. Well, yeah, oh, he yeah, yeah. was just been kind of flaming, but... Yes. Not necessarily. I mean, if you're bored during the trailers at a movie, you might tweet... I mean, I wouldn't, but someone might say, you know, this trailer is boring, so he just thought the support act was boring. And it happened well, to get... I mean, not everyone's going to like you. I think it's kind of an extreme reaction to kick is, someone out of a show that they paid for true. for Especially that. Especially what would have happened if it was just a, a live heckle. You suck. Yeah. Well, yes. Would Comedians. they stop the show and kick him out or... Comedians would go broke. Yeah, I mean, these guys were rappers. He could have just, like, mm. rapped about, mm. you know, like, shut him down in rhyme. You're thinking of 8 Mile? No, I'm thinking of 8 Mile. Okay. It's a good movie. It's more often than not, Alistair Duncan is thinking of 8 Mile. That's more true than you would ever know. It's, it's, a, very good, it's a very good piece of cinema. One shot. One opportunity. I think I think everyone's a bit in the wrong and they should all feel a little bit dirty. Mm. So on that note... Mm. <laughs> that we'll is, do it again. Boom. Yeah, yeah he, learned our, he learned his lesson. Um, on that note... That is the end of news for, for our podcast, the movie, for this week. Uh, is there, if there's anything else you want to hear about, check out our Twitter, at Podcast the Movie, or our SoundCloud page. And now it's time for A, B, and A. Shh. <laughs> the big kids are talking. <laughs> And now it's time for AVNA, which of course combines the best all-round audio, visual, and awesome things from our week into tiny, tiny bite-sized packages. Who would like to kick it off? Well, I will. Okay. I'm prepared. <laughs> so we're doing audio, visual. We're doing audio. Audio, audio first. Yep. Okay. Now, I've had this CD in the car because Alistair knows the litmus test for a good disc. If you can play it in the car, a not get sick of it. B it sounds pretty good because it's a whole sound system. <laughs> And it has that long-term effect where you get out of the car and it's still just a little bit buzzing around in the back of your head. Well, for me, this week and the last week and the week before, it was chairlift in New York. Do you yep. The girl looks as if she stepped straight off the cover of Vogue magazine, which is always a good thing if you're promoting <laughs> one of your songs on video clips, or whatever you kids call them. But um, this particular... What do we call them? I, I'm pretty sure we just call them video clips. Podcasts, downloads, whatever, yeah. Um, it's a beautiful album. It's really lovely. She can sing. She has a wonderful voice. It sounds a bit like um, Lorena McKennett has gone pop. You know that lovely pure voice that Lorena McKennett has? You might know. No. No, Canadian. Right. Yes. Okay. And of course you know the word Canadian. Immediately you think... Oh, yes. Quality. Yes. Right. Okay. Possibly yeah, a little bit of a toe in the water of folk. Okay. And it's lovely. The second track in particular, Wrong Opinions, it crystallises the album. That's mm. the track that you look forward to hearing mm -hmm. every time we go through on the, the radio, on the, the CD player. Yep. Highly recommended. And the album is called Something. Mm. Chairlift are coming to Australia very soon for Park Life, which your, your son is going to. Darn. So he'll have to go, go see that. And report back. Exactly. But he can't tweet while it's happening because I don't have tweets. But you can read. You can read. <laughs> okay, okay, and hold no, the I phone up. Not. Hold the phone up and I can hear a bit. Oh, Mum, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay, bye. Yeah. yeah. I actually had the chance to, to, to speak to Carolyn this week. Uh, Carolyn Lucky from you. Chairlift for their, their, their park life appearance. Lovely lady. I'm sure. 
And I got to say Amanamnesia twice without, without screwing it up. Such a good oh. song. Because I was like, all right, just, you can you can do it. You can do it. I was I was preparing. Okay. Yeah, so my um, audio for this week, the thing I've been listening to is actually, um, it's a couple of months old now, I think possibly, but it's um, the new album, the second album by Marina and the Diamonds. It's, um, they're a sort of a UK indie pop group led by uh, this woman, Marina, whose last name I think is Diamantes or something. <laughs> really? I don't know, yeah, something crazy like that. But it's Marina and the Diamonds. Uh, she released a debut a couple of years back that was very solid, fun, kind of indie pop. But she's made this very odd kind of concept album this time around. Basically, she wanted to explore like her inner shallow sort of Mongoose. pop tart. No? And okay. in doing so, she recruited a whole bunch of pop producers like Dr. Luke and Stargate and stuff like that oh, to produce tracks on this album. Right. Yeah, he's worked with, like, Kesha and Katy Perry and a bunch of people like that. So it's this weird fusion of, like, this very eccentric English indie pop singer-songwriter with these American pop producers. And, I don't know, she just... Her lyrics tap into this teen angst thing, which she does quite well. Um, so it's a really, really odd album, but it's got some really catchy tracks on it. Like, you know, um, Prima Donna is the single. That's mm-hmm. really good. There's a song on it called Teen Idol that's really good. But, you know, surprisingly solid album, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that at the moment. Do you it's think, called Electra Heart. Do you think she's ever felt like a plastic bag? Almost definitely. Almost entirely. I can say. <laughs> some authority. That's almost definitely happened at some point. Okay, um, my audio for this week is um, yeah, a, a band from the early 90s, uh, Codeine, who... Um, I'd, always, I'd read about this band uh, before... Uh, in interviews from uh, Steve Brodsky of uh, Cave-In, he always said it was one of his favourites. Uh, Codeine's a perfect name for the band. It's um, I've had a cold all week and I've uh, been on some pretty heavy meds. <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, listening to this music and um, and yeah, taking those tablets have uh, felt pretty similar. So they're it's, like, um, you can actually you've gone all this way without describing them. Are they English or American? They're they're an American band, or they were yeah. um, long broken up, I think. Although I think they've touring now they have reformed which is why recently. these uh, albums have been reissued so they're yeah. they're post-rock yeah i wouldn't call it post-rock it's just slow oh, well, yeah, rock. They're, it's called, they're a, a quote-unquote sad core band or slow core band and all those genre titles are completely ridiculous they do kind of uh, sum up the sound pretty well just slow depressing music yeah um, I, I could probably yeah. put them in maybe if you've heard the band low let's let's put it this way what movie would they would they soundtrack okay <laughs> something sad from the early 90s something sad from the early 90s reality bites or something yeah they got, they got two albums out and I've only been listening to the first one which was called Frigid Stars so Codeine um, maybe not read what was it the review from Pitchfork oh the Pitchfork review was um, I didn't want to mention it but it was terrible the guy was uh, pretty uh, concerned with telling us how cool he was in the early 90s too cool for Nirvana and Which is so like, untrue. It's like saying, oh, I don't like the Beatles or, <laughs> oh, you know, the police aren't a very good band. Don't lie to me. We know you listen to it. Otherwise, how would you know? Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Yes. What are we doing? Uh, v. Oh, v. v. Yeah. <clears throat> now, this is something we've come fairly late to. I say we because it's your father and I, darling. <laughs> it came recommended. I resisted for quite a while because I'm not particularly fond of this whole bikey thing. But right. when, now you know, of course, I'm talking about Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. Yes. And oh, yeah. I, did, I thought you were going to talk about Bikey Wars. Oh, no. Which just oh, so that's certainly in the series. Is it? Oh, yes. Yeah. This is actually set in what to us looks like Southern California. Um, 
their bikey gang, son of anarchy, runs out of a little town called Charming, which is quite amusing. But it's a small town. They've set themselves up in this little place. Big gang. They have affiliates all over America. But the core is set in this little town called Charming. Mm -hmm. What they do, they run guns. Mm -hmm. They will not touch drugs. The Sons of Anarchy have a powerful friend, the police chief of the town. He and they have a symbiotic relationship. Mm. They each run the town. Well, he's crooked. He is crooked up to a point. Getting away from that level, it has elements of Hamlet. The second in command is the son of the man who actually set the up... The founder of the group, yeah. The founder of the group. Who is dead. Who is dead yep. under what we are now discovering could be quite strange and suspicious circumstances. His mother, who is the queen, she's quite superb. I'd never seen her in anything before, not even married with children. Future on? Yeah, of course. She's the, the queen. Her second husband is the king. And this younger one, Jackson, her son, is called the prince. As a sort of a joke. But mm. people say, oh, ask the prince. It's then involving this. There's a power struggle in the group at times. There are loyalties that are betrayed. There are loves that are fulfilled. Um, it's it's just the whole Shakespearean thing mm. and it's in this little town called Charming. Mm. And quite frankly, we've been, we're hooked. We've just finished the third season. It's quite engrossing. It is very engrossing. But these are, <laughs> uh, these are criminals. Keeping in mind, these um, are criminals. The mothers are criminal. They're all criminals. Yeah. But it's just great. Acting is superb. But they've all, they've all learned to kind of bury that criminality yes. and kind of you know, naturalise it in the, way that, yes. in the way that our favourites in like The Sopranos and The Wire, Certainly. Breaking Bad. The closest like, would be. We're totally normal people. Absolutely. The closest yeah. would be The Sopranos. Yeah. We love them one minute because of their vileness. And these people are quite vile. But then we love them because they just rise above themselves mm. sometimes. And it's highly recommended. Mm. Alistair Duncan. So yeah, my um, my V for this week is kind of on the stupider end of the spectrum. It's uh, actually just a movie trailer that I saw that I'm pretty excited about. Um, I went to see Ted the other night, and ahead of that, there was a trailer for a movie called The Campaign, um, which may introduce a new era of me actually being excited for new Will Ferrell movies. Yeah. Um, the premise of this movie is basically just uh, he plays a politician from North Carolina. Uh, Will Ferrell does, who kind of always runs unopposed. <laughs> but then, you know, this one year, this character played by Zach Galifianakis, who seems to be kind of playing his usual wide-eyed simpleton, comes and challenges him. So yeah. it's basically just about these two men squaring off, you know, Will Ferrell reacting to things, Zach Galifianakis acting like a buffoon. But, you know, that's that's kind of enough to get me to a movie. So. Yeah, Will Ferrell, um, Will Ferrell will at one stage get really loud. And freak and out of it. I'm not spoiling this because it's in the trailer, but Will Ferrell punches a baby, so like that's that's funny. <laughs> always hilarious. Always. <laughs> so Except yeah. when it's your baby. Uh, it's I'm actually punch your baby it's out so quite hard. soon. IMDb tells me it's out in Australia August How 9th. We this? So. Like, where's the promotional activities apart uh, from Ted? Everyone's been Which... talking about the Avengers and Batman and stuff. I guess this has fallen through the cracks. And Ted, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think it looks good. Now that yeah. Zach chap, he's in that TV series with... Um, Bored to Death. Bored to Death. Yes. It's good. I like Which that. Which got, got canned. What a shame. Yeah. It was clever seasons. and witty and silly at the same time. Best trio I've mm. ever seen. It was good. He's going to be in The Hangover 3 as well. Well, you oh, need to do so. <laughs> well, I have to shave my beard off again. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, uh, I'm I'm going to tag team and and, and take the to take the V from the Alexander Reigns this week. 
I watched a movie last week that just got the chance to watch it last week. I think it's called Friends with Kids. With with a surprisingly amazingly large cast. Um, you've got Adam Scott in the in the in one of the lead roles. Uh, elsewhere, you've got uh, John Hamm, Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Chris O'Dowd plays a large part, um, and Megan Fox. Um, so you know you'd you'd assume it it would be rich in this kind of romantic comedy apex. John Hamm's wife that. directed that. Yes. John Hamm's wife. Mm. Did direct it, and, she's, and it too. she's also the main yes. other main character. Um, the basic basic premise: it almost sounds like that really really terrible um, Madonna movie from a couple of years ago, oh. where two Adam Scott and the other girl, um, Dick Tracy. Yes, that'll do. Um, all of a sudden, just decide they're of a certain age. They're not they're not in love with anyone at the moment. They they're not sure they ever will. So they decide to have make a platonic baby. And it all works out well, really, at the start, until <laughs> shock and awe. The inevitable. Shock and awe, something the bad happens. I don't want to say broad brush that Megan Fox ruins families, but she did in this one. So, Five. this Five is good. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, it's not much of a spoiler. You can see it. I mean, just a fantastic cast. I know it didn't rate it rate um, very well or take in a lot of money, but, you know, just like basic popcorn fare. And I love Adam Scott. Uh, in Parks and Recreations and, and yeah. Party Down. And Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, we've seen, so seen both of these guys it's getting some larger roles. Wonderful. Awesome. Now, my awesome is a sort of a double this week. Joe Nesbo, mm -hmm. the Norwegian writer, wrote a book called Headhunters, which is now a movie that is out on DVD. We read the book. It is truly wonderful in that predictable, I am wonderful Scandinavian way. Fast moving. It's about a fellow who runs a company that headhunts people. You know, the, but the, you're like not headhunting hiring a cleaning them. lady. You're not headhunting a cleaning lady. You're headhunting someone who's going to be paid probably a million kroner for just as a starting base for a job. Mm -hmm. You know, high tech companies, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it also to sub his life, which involves his wife's desire to own a very expensive art gallery, he's an art thief. And his best friend is a security guard right. who puts in, or helps, excuse me, is a security fellow who puts in security systems and scopes the place out. Oh, there's a nice little Rembrandt in that house. We might just get you to pop over and steal that. But it all ends up in a most wonderful mess with people hanging upside down in cars, with squash between two fat policemen, bodies going down rivers, people nice. jumping through windows, and lots of general nastiness. This is Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> yes. It is. It is. The book and the movie just go beautifully together. So read the book, see the movie, or the other way around. And everybody's awful, which is wonderful. <laughs> There's no nice guy. It is lovable. It's wonderful. Well, my awesome thing for this week is um, it's nothing too extraordinary. It's a sandwich that I ate that was really good. Lowercase awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was its own kind of awesome. No, I've, I've been watching uh, Friends recently. I've been marathoning Friends on DVD. And there was an episode where Ross brought Rachel a sandwich that had tuna and pickles on it and it made her sick but I thought I'd like to eat that <laughs> so you watch something and it's like that made her sick what makes Let's her sick me makes that. me strong um, <laughs> basically so yeah I got some, I got myself some bagels uh, yeah I got some mayo some tuna some pickles put it all together boom it was really good so if, if you're like on a bit of a you know if you're at a loose end as to what sandwich to eat this week <laughs> 
uh, if that's a problem for you in your world, I would recommend this particular sandwich because it was nice. And you'll do it again. And I will do it again. Mm. Um, well, Liam was going to do some crap about Robocop for his awesome. Which is awesome. <laughs> Is there a new Robocop? There's, There's a always a new Robocop, Robocop and it looks cool. Peter you don't uh, I don't no. think so. They're going to call it no. Reboot Cop. In the teaser, uh, there is no shot of Robocop, but you do see an Ed 2-9 and everybody remembers the, the cooler robot in those. The big thing? Yeah. That turns as playful as a puppy? Anyway, but I'm going to use my power of veto and um, talk about another food-related item. I've been Facebooking this to everyone in, in the close vicinity that will accept such a Facebook. There is a new and supposedly awesome restaurant in West End called PJ's Steaks and they just make cheesesteak sandwiches and it sounds amazing. Why are we here and not there? We'll go now. And you eat them in your PJs? <laughs> no, no, I think it's like Pete and Jack oh, or something yeah. like that. Yes. But I'm sure they're pretty relaxed. It's West End. You can go in your PJs. Take it home. Get yeah, into your PJs. That sounds good. Sit in front of the TV and just have double bliss. Yeah. Uh, triple bliss. You're in your pyjamas, you're watching TV, something you love, and eating one of these. Too much. Too yeah. too good. Mm. You could die happy. That's how Elvis died. Um, but these things look amazing. You know, your basic cheese steak is like chopped steak, bit of onion, um, and some questionable origin fake cheese. And it certainly looks like they're living up to it. So I think we have to get over there very quickly. And these things are monstrous. PJs in West End, uh, I think they also might have a liquor license and a wall of Steve Urkel posters. Do you think Robocop would eat there? I think Robocop can't digest food. No, he just had that paste. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that like... sounds like a design flaw. Why would they make Robocop? It looked and tasted then... like baby food. <laughs> um, yes, Robocop approved. Cheese steaks. The stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, that's all the time we have for on AV and A this week. Thank you very much, everyone, for, for joining in. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to hear about, check out the internet as a first call. But if you've got any leftover time, check out uh, our Twitter feed at Podcasts and Movie or our SoundCloud page. this one well now i'm taking the reins for this third crazy segment crazy anything can and probably will happen anything uh interesting that we should talk about the internet because the internet <laughs> is the teat upon which we all suckle the internet giveth and giveth and the internet rarely taketh away because the internet does not rolleth like that the following quiz questions draw on valuable pieces of information that the internet has given us this week people are we ready to play internet the quiz <laughs> yes. Kind of. Good. All right. This week, Nestle was caught in an embarrassing blunder when they were forced to pull their newest Kit Kat mascot from a Facebook campaign. The reason for this is: a, the mascot's name was found to be an anagram of Obama eats poo. B, the mascot looked far too similar to internet meme Pedo Bear. D, the mascot's rapid movements were found to induce seizures in young children. Or D, the man playing him was connected to a series of 7-Eleven heists. It's okay. got to be the pedo bear. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I've read this. Okay. It pedo. is the pedo bear. Is it the pedo bear? That's awful. Pedo bear is a thing. I mean, now now me. you get to explain <laughs> to your mother what pedo bear is. This I'm is almost so, as good as... Basically, going up in the back of my neck here. the internet likes to be sort of on top of everything. So, the, so in, just the internet... I'm using that term collectively, created this fun, fuzzy mascot. They come to me. They created this yes, mascot yeah. called Pedo Bear, yeah. who is this sort of, you know, fun, cuddly bear 
who the internet has put forward as being like the mascot for, you know, pedophiles. All things bright and beautiful. Next question. <laughs> Let's Make it a hard on. one. We want a hard one. American network TLC has begun airing promos for its Toddlers and Tiaras spin-off, <gasps> Here Comes Honey Boo Boo Child. Uh, the show is centered around the antics of breakout star Alana. This chubby tyke is known for speaking in a Blanche Dubois-style southern accent, rolling around on the floor in fits of hyperactivity, and viciously smack-talking other toddlers. Her signature drink, a mixture of Mountain Dew and Red Bull, is called A. Go-Go Juice, B. Mama's Medicine, C. Alana's Sweet Treats, or D. Poison. <laughs> e. Diabetes. <laughs> oh, please be oh. the sweet treats. That goes without saying. Mama's Juice. <laughs> Hmm. Mother, mother's mother's really Mama's medicine mother's is what medicine. you're saying. What about See, you when guys? you were when you were spouting off the like list of her characteristics, I thought, okay, one of only only one of these can be true. But no, the Blanche Dubois, everything else, that's that's all. That's all true. That's all correct. That's all a thing that happens. And how yeah. old is this Todd? Oh, six probably. Yes. But her catchphrase anyway. is "Honey Boo Boo Child," which is her name for herself slash others. It's, it's so. just beyond redemption. That's not I a need catchphrase. This child is blighted for life. Now. You'll you'll accept that as a catchphrase and you'll like it. <laughs> I need an right. answer, guys. Then I hope it's poison. <laughs> okay. There's nothing redeeming. About I it. really thought we. I'm going with the the, uh, the treats. Can treats. we get to one podcast where I don't wish death upon a six-year-old? Sadly, the answer was go-go juice, so nobody was right. Oh, go-go juice. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> That one seems like the most timid. I'd hate to think I was right with it. You know, so, it like collectively, we're on one point. <laughs> <laughs> we have to okay. divvy that up. So one the internet is beating us. <laughs> this week, the internet has been losing its collective mind over footage of a famous heartthrob competing on The Price is Right Corey in the Felton. late 90. But who is the heartthrob? A. Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. B. Ryan Gosling. C. John Hamm. Or D. Fred Willard. Which heartthrob was seen competing on The Price is Right in the late 90s? It's something Fred... something else throbbing. It's <laughs> Fred Willard. A, a heartthrob? No. But no. he's been in the news this week for other reasons. He was jacking it. <laughs> <laughs> he did a Pee Wee Herman. On The Price is Right? You're he Pee Wee Herman no, not. You're kidding. He was fired from his job on PBS because His he was mother must Pee-wee be Herman-ing. so proud of him. <laughs> You're not allowed on TV again for at least 50 years. Bro. Yeah. So oh, ruling him out, it's either Aaron Paul, Ryan Gosling, or John Hamm, who was on the Price 90s? is Right. In the Surely late 90s. Surely it has to be... Oh, okay, the late 90s. I'm going to say John Hamm. The correct answer, unfortunately, is Aaron Paul. Wow. I'm Googling it now so these guys can see. It's a 1998 episode of The Price is Right, featuring young Aaron. There he is. Look at him. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. He looks like young Justin Timberlake. Someone actually made some moving gifts of this, oh. uh, which you can check out. I don't know where. I think BuzzFeed has them. But they're amazing. He's so happy and then so sad when he loses. When he loses. <laughs> and he's got glasses. Yeah. He should yes. have tried harder. Good for mm. him. Okay, so. These are good questions. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. See, you, need that, <laughs> you need that sort of ongoing In my day-to-day -day life, I never impose questions like this. Mm. Entertainment Tonight presenter, soft rock guy, and human Labrador John Tesh has added a new string to his bow, becoming a bona fide Twitter life advice guru. He's recently taken to his feed, offering pro tips on how to live your life. Which of these is not a piece of advice delivered by John Tesh? A. One in five people admit to peeing in the pool. If you smell chlorine, stay out. B. Studies show that having to urinate really badly while driving is equivalent to a 0.5 uh, alcohol blood level. Hmm. <laughs> C. If you will it. You too can be birthed, devoured, then birthed again by a starving coyote. It's a wonderful thing. D. 
Tell someone you love them in their left ear. Emotional words have a bigger and more lasting impact when heard in the left ear. That's so horrible, it must be true. <laughs> so which one did he not say? One in five people pee in the pool? Wait, so he said at least three of these? <laughs> he said at least three of these. Fantastic. <laughs> so which one he didn't say? Which one did he not say? I want to say the coyote, but I think this is a trick question. Or it's not a trick question. <laughs> I or don't it know. is a trick, trick question. Is, you're overthinking this, Alexander. Well, obviously, John You're going down the rabbit hole. Um... Oh, Which of these did John Tesh not say? I think the coyote one. You think the coyote you one? You don't want to bring poor little animals into this, do you? No, I think the, uh, the the left ear is bullshit. Oh. Oh, what happened? I thought you were saying the coyote. coyote yeah, but now it's, just, it's a wild card. Like, it's too cool to not the say. The other three are fairly similar, aren't they? That's the wild card, the last one. We've got one vote for coyote, one mm. vote for left ear. Mm. Mitch, you're the deciding vote. I'm going for coyote. Correct. Yes. Suck it, Alexander. John Tesh did not say, if you will it. You too can be birthed, devoured, then birthed again by a starving coyote. It's a wonderful it. thing. But did he say it was however, a thing? He did say Which never... famous Twitter spoof account did actually tweet that earlier this year? Oh. Double Swinton. points if you guess. Correct. Yes. We're on a roll. Fake yep. Tilda Swinton. So we're now on four points. You're well crazy. Someone earlier this year created a fake Twitter account for Tilda Swinton oh, and just tweeted. No, it was amazing. It was genius. Tweeted this incredible life advice about being eaten by coyotes and how Tilda Swinton, what she's learned since she was born in the 16th century by two rams that butted heads, oh, yes, and how she swallows yes. twigs so she can grow yeah. trees inside her and be stronger. So yes, she. It sounds like Game of Thrones. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yes. So thanks to you, Alexander, we're on four points. Boom! Excellent. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what have we got? Okay, the internet's all abuzz this week over the success of the erotic novel Fifty Shades of Grey. But which of these facts is not true about the book? A, it's good. Well, that, that's a given. The story that led to the series was originally published online as Twilight fanfiction featuring character names Edward and Bella. B. Its author came out and admitted that the book is the result of a midlife crisis. C. American Psycho author Brett Easton Ellis is obsessed with Fifty Shades of Grey and wants to write the screenplay. D. Current worldwide sales of the series are at 20 million. Christ. That's true. So it's B. So the author came out and admitted it's the result of a midlife crisis. That's the one thing that hasn't happened yet? That's the question, right? That is. Yeah. The question is, what's the one thing that hasn't happened? I'm looking at B too, I think. Yep. Midlife crisis. What do you think, yeah. Mitch? Oh. The one that's false is D. Current worldwide sales of the series are at 20 million. Is this where you get really pedantic in your are currently at 31 Th million. Oh, Christ. That's <laughs> disgraceful. <laughs> The real shocking one is that it did actually start out as a bit of Twilight fanfiction, yeah. but she was kicked out of her Twilight fan community because it was too racy, so she thought, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to find replace <laughs> on the names. Yeah. <laughs> Hit control F. Has she no shame? Okay, five points because that was a very silly question. Final question, again for double points. We could be on ten points at the end of this round. Yes. Or zero. Let's go for the ten. A young woman named Caitlin Lieb made a splash on the internet this week, but is she A... The girl, who, the girl who filed a paternity suit against every member of boy band One Direction. B. The three-boobed woman in the coming Total Recall reboot. C. The face of the overly attached girlfriend meme. Or D. The author of a sexy new young adult series about teen zombies. This zombies have feelings question. too. That is a hard question. Well, I saw a photo of that three-boobed lady this morning oh, did you? on the internet. And it looked pretty ghastly. What was her name? Was there a name attached? There probably was. But Three boobed woman. But I was feeling back. <laughs> but in you horror. didn't look. Her I name was up here. <laughs> and, uh, that's right. And she ran the back. Yeah. Yes. So I wasn't the... paying attention. No. 
So One Direction boy band paternity suit, three boobed woman, overly attached girlfriend, or sexy teen zombie author. What's her name again? Caitlin Lieb. Caitlin Lieb. No hints in the You see that that or Caitlin Leb if the second E is silent. Mm. Why would it be silent? I don't know. It almost sounds. I don't make these decisions. A real name, doesn't it? It's not a bogus name. It could. It could be and is a real name, but whose? That's the question. Caitlin Lee. Caitlin Lee. My my. Is that your high school nickname? Awesome. Siblings, siblings. My vote's for the paternity suit. Ow. I'm thinking the three. Paternity suit. Three boob woman. Mitch, who are you going to go with? Keeping in mind what's happened so far in this quiz. Yeah, where I win. Stay the shit away from me. Um. It almost sounds like too normal of a name for the overly attached girlfriend. If one of us gets it right, can we count it? Yeah. But uh, or are we going for no. two? Mitch, no. Mitch, Mitch is the tiebreaker. If Mitch gets it right, we count it. What if I just count? What if I picked one of the other ones? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> if, I want you to win. Okay. Paternity suit or three boob lady who mum saw in the paper this very morning. Okay. So we know that's a real thing that exists. As opposed to the paternity like, suit, you, which I may well have made up. I feel like you're telling me something, but I know you're a lying <laughs> I'm feeling person. impressive. All right, title recall, three-boob woman. Correct. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Ten points. You see, at, at the end of Internet the Quiz, here we find ourselves sitting on ten points. Really? Which this is, is I think, uh, five billion or so less points than yes. last week. That's true. So we're on a downward incline, but I think we still should be encouraged because that was a fine effort. Yeah, and the last question last time earned us one billion points. But so some questions are harder than others. <laughs> some questions they are harder than others. They just are hard. Yes. I think I think <laughs> Alistair is finally taking pity on us and, and is openly, willingly, willing us to get right answers he was as opposed like to. He's a jockey on in black caviar. Just just <laughs> that last little push across the line. It's what we needed. This is any kind of podcast we wanted to. One make. more punch for Liam. <laughs> that was coming to you in punch vision. <laughs> Well, I think that's pretty much wraps it up for this week's edition of Podcast the Movie. Would you say it also wraps it up, Alastair Duncan? Uh, not until I've said one very important thing, Mitch, which is thank you. I hate. <laughs> I hate. Thank you. Oh my God, you haunt my dreams. <laughs> that's about it. Hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash podcast the movie or at podcast the movie. Yes, that is correct. One or the other. One and of those two things. And then there's our SoundCloud page flying all about in there. Uh, we'd like to thank both of our DNA-attached guests. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Damn, I <I'm> respond <laughs> to that. <laughs> and join us again this time next week-ish. Yeah, right? And we won't be here. You, oh. you guys won't, but... We but, won't. Um, but who but will? we'll be listening. We'll be listening. Who will? Breaking well, Bad's Aaron Paul, rapper Pitbull, Zach Galifianakis... I think we've made fun of them all too much. They're not they're not answering our calls. Pitbull will, because he's probably slamming you on Twitter as we speak. He's doing anything. Bye.